Hello, guys. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Anna from Rock Dance Theater checking in with you again. It's a fantastic, fabulous Rock Thursday. And uh, hell, I'm excited again for another episode because uh, this one should fall pretty much under the category not only rock, but maybe a little bit on the glam rock side. My guest is, among others, the lead guitar player and founder of Sparkle Kick Band. So I figured I might as well dress accordingly. And also, guys, uh, Thank you so much for checking in because this is a very special episode, well, close to my heart, a Swedish one, because as you might or might not know, uh, Rock Dance Theater has been originally founded and born in Sweden and Stockholm, that is. So, you know, for that particular reason, I figured why not have an awesome guest um, for this episode that is also residing in Sweden um, as we speak. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much a, a small backstory to that. There will be way more. And guys, if you are just checking in and tuning in, please hit the subscribe button, you know, the whole good stuff, you know, the drill. So you might as well not do it and I will not repeat that. Um, so yeah, in other news, guys, uh, I would like to welcome my special guest, uh, known as Stone, but his actual official name is uh, straight out of France, from Clisson, Erwan Langlinet. And guys, Heads up, will you please uh, welcome everybody, my special guest today. Hello. Hello. Bonsoir, I should say, actually, because it's yeah. already afternoon, almost evening. <laughs> yeah, it's... So, Elwan, would, would we, do you want me to name you Stone, your uh, artistic no, pseudonym? If you, can, if you can manage to pronounce Elwan, it's fine with me. I can keep repeating Elwan as yeah. many times as you like. All right. <laughs> so how are you, how you've been? How is everything over in Sweden that you it's are good. joining us from today? It's good. It's sunny today, which is nice. Because it's, it's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, by the way, today. I figured we might as well spend some quality time. Uh, it's practically today's episode is like having a Swedish fika. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they don't have fikas, particularly in France, right? They have, well, they have something totally different. I think they do. It's just not called fika. Like, I feel like Sweden makes more of a big deal out of it. That's it. I think so. It's so named officially, just like people hanging out together and having a great time. Yeah, it's 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 funny because actually, like France is is known among other. That's why I, I love always touring there. I, I love working there. That is just embracing this part of life, right? Where you just hang out, have a great time, and enjoy every single day and what it has to offer. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, um, how how did I I did a little bit of research, of course, before the episode, uh, prepping for this a week ago, and uh, tell our viewers actually what is the link and transition to you being um, actually in Sweden right now, but originally not being a Swede. How how did that come about? You being based out of Malmo right now? No, I'm in Uppsala right now. Oh, you're in Uppsala. Yeah. All right, even better. Okay, Uppsala it is then. Yeah. <laughs> No, like basically, I met my girlfriend at Sweden Rock like six years ago, and we got together like five years ago, and and then it just worked out, and I moved. So it's a, not only a, a rock story; it's also a love classic rock story. You know, just love brings you together, and that what makes you migrate. It's funny because many times it's either let's say a work environment uh, a job interview that all of a sudden makes you makes you switch uh lifestyles and and locations but in your case it was there you go a relationship that's cool was that a big transition um considering uh your background let's say in france and and switching onto onto sweden or was it a super smooth one no i think it was pretty smooth cuz we've done it like on and off for like more than a year i think just like going to see each other so i was there a lot and then, then it was just like like going there again and i just didn't come back yeah living yeah. out of two homes almost <laughs> yeah so tell us um tell our viewers and well i know but uh since this is a podcast a hangout we might as well ask some official questions and then we just spitball and pretty much um freelance uh out of that uh Tell me a little bit uh, about your first beginnings of love with with guitar and guitar playing. Uh, 
I think I got the interest from guitar from like my dad probably playing around town. Uh, around town. What am I saying? Around the house. Sorry. All right. And and yeah, I think it started there, and I've always been attracted to it. And then I I just decided to learn when I was like twelve or something, something like that, and I never stopped. Nice. So it's it's funny because also uh, one thing that that we have in common, you know, the Swedish thing, which we we will talk a little bit about. But uh, I also started very early on in, in my career doing my my first directed show actually at age eleven. So it's it's funny how more and more when I talk to people, not only on this virtual stage, which is the Rock Dance Theater, you know, live stream meetings, uh, but also really like when we hang out after a show or wherever that. That it is a funny moment when you are a teenager that sometimes really determines what you're going to do later in your career. Um, tell me, like, at, was it was it not only um, your dad was there um, a music side to to your education also at school uh, back in Clisson? Um, was that programmed like side of math and let's say uh, the the regular subject, so to speak? Not really. Like, I, I think musical education in France is not that big especially now that i'm like in sweden i realize how much of a big deal it is here yeah well sweden and, is banana sweden is like uh, america of, of europe or uk of europe and as far as music musicianship yeah. and and the level it's like definitely. guys are so good it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah definitely but i i think the factor that that played a lot which like in retrospective when i look back at it i feel kind of fortunate about because like i come from a small town called Clisson and that's where Hellfest started, so the the festival, yeah. the metal festival. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I've been there from basically the beginning, and I just got to see stuff like Motley Crue when I was 14. There you go. Best moment and, to actually do it. So you yeah, have metal I, in your blood in a way. You know, it's, it's, you, you're raised in that area, and, and you see the history, how it unwinds, as you say. That's super cool. Yeah, and it's such a big part of the town. Like, everything is kind of shaped around the festival nowadays, I feel like, at least. So no, mm. there was all these giants coming to, like, play on the field where we were just, like, doing pee. <laughs> and, and it's like... Right, different function, and all of a sudden, you know, it's the center, it's the center of the planet. Like everyone goes there. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, like now when I travel every year to go to like Sweden Rock, I'm like, God, I used to walk like one kilometer to go there, like to that kind of thing. So I think that that's what really grew my interest in playing. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because uh, it, it's sometimes really uh, being at an event that kind of triggers your passion to pick it up yourself, let's say, pick up a guitar, pick up a bass, because your heroes are just having so much fun that you figure like, you know what, this is what I want to do as my profession, you know? With me, it was kind of different. I wasn't ever driven by by seeing any first performances, shows or concerts. Like concerts actually came quite well late in my in my life but funny enough I was always I was also always determined that I knew hell I, I I live on stage this is kind of my environment I love I loved showing off at home you know in front of the TV and I, I literally could do any kind of show be it spoken word comedy dance you know acrobatics you name it like I had to be center of attention it was terrible were, were you an, an extrovert kid or an introvert or like you know, it's terminology, of course, it doesn't matter. But um, what kind of kid were you around the house? Uh, I think I was pretty shy. Pretty <laughs> shy, but listening to really loud music, I guess. Ah, that's the best combo. Yeah. Volcano waiting to erupt. You know, it's <laughs> funny because do, do you have any stories where, of course, the parents like slam the door? You're playing the music too loud, like turn it down or something. Definitely. I remember once my mom coming to my room pretty pissed off saying she could hear the music from like up the street. <laughs> from the Clisson area? <laughs> from the festival yeah, area? Yeah, wow. I was doing my own festival, I guess. That's cool. Well, many people do it. Like the literally the, the bedroom is the first stage, you know, rocking out on your bed and stuff. Funny because I remember... What was that? I think it was a, a, a song by uh, Janis Joplin, actually. Uh, back in the day when when me and my parents were traveling over to my grandparents' place to a different city, 
my my granddad was actually uh, an ex-general in the military and number one he hated kids number two he hated anything that had to do with freedom and expression and you know anything that that pretty much is the contrary of of a military lifestyle and the military mindset so i remember this this one thing me and my dad actually went out to buy a stereo you remember stereos for those yeah. of you guys checking in just tuning right now with us on the Rock Dance Theater live stream meeting, we are talking about stereos, not digital playthrough, but um, equipment that you actually flipped on, you know, some, some CDs, um, piece of plastic, Google it. Um, so yeah, we bought a stereo and the very first song that I popped in just to check it out was Janis Joplin. And of, of course I put the volume full on and my granddad literally within two minutes, maybe not, not even longer, storms in, almost kicks in the door, picks up the stereo, and I think me by the t-shirt or whatever, I swear to God, it was the most freakish moment of my life. I thought he was gonna throw both of us out the window. I, I, was, I was literally scared, I was like, oh shit, you know? And then of course the dust settled in, and I think I did it again, like the same evening, because it just was too cool. And I think I could have been like eight, eight or nine, something like that. It was, it was funny, but it was exactly as you say, one of these moments like, you know, you're too loud. It's yeah. never too loud. It's never too loud. <laughs> how much are you, uh, uh, Ewan, tell us, um, how loud are you in your own shows? Are you a, a total martial guy? Because I know one of the things that our viewers, it's, it's a very cool thing, actually. Our viewers should know that you are a total ES-335 guitar lover, freak, if you will. Uh, but we're going to get to that part. But tell me how loud are, are your shows, like with Sparkle Kick and also uh, Lost Boys uh, of Eden, your other yeah. band, which I love the name of, by the way. Nice, thanks. That was Max, the other guitar player. Talking about Max, he's the one always complaining that I'm always too loud. So I guess I'm, oh, I'm, I'm well, playing too loud. <laughs> I'm trying to, to guitar turn it down. Guitar players are always too loud. It's one of these things. But No, but yeah. I, I'm really trying to turn it down nowadays, especially these days, because I have to sing a lot. So I'm trying to like get better at, at playing low volume, lower volume, not low, but. All right. So um, what would you say is, is enough volume wise, like literally two or three then through, through a main rig for, through, through the PA or, or more than that? Like, um, it kind of depends, like, cause like the thing is that. Of if course, I, it depends on the venue club or. Yeah, if there is really bad monitors in general, you want to crank it. But like, I don't know. Yeah, like three or four, or like in general, what we do is is, is Max is commenting. You're always too loud. <laughs> I know that. Is that yeah. actually the Max? Yeah. That we're that we're speaking of. Shout out to Max Lindal. Uh, actually, our special guest uh, bandmate today as you see you guys you have confirmation yeah you are too loud but you know what it's one of these things it's fun to be loud but then again of course you have to do quality control uh, so that this the show sounds good you guys can can hear yourselves um also on stage so that the quality of the music you know translates as you would like it to yeah like, like i think it's all about like monitors and stuff like that is i guess the factor that's like influencing the most mm -hmm. do you do you play with inner ears um or are, are you guys completely without no i used to and then i gave it up and now i'm thinking about getting back to it seriously mm. especially now that i like i i need to sing a lot more so right that would really help well, it's funny because many people have, have various opinions. They either were working a lot with, with inner ears. Um, some people go totally without purely because they can connect with the crowd way, way more. You know, like when guys are cheering and like the whole room is really like, you know, rocking out. It's kind of weird, right? Because the feeling is, is exactly as if uh, you would be kind of in a bubble, right? In the studio situation. And then it, it's funny, like on a reaction level, I would, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it is that the same kind of with you also? You you mean with sorry, sorry can you go again? Um, yeah, with when you perform without hands the singing and not only like do you feel more organically connected to the audience uh mm. when you go without? I don't know. I think it depends if you're really well rehearsed, I think it doesn't 
really matter to me. All right. Which is what we're working on now. So everything is really flawless. And I, I think then it's like not any difference if you're really, really well rehearsed. Yeah. Well, basically, guys, for all of all of you watching us, if the moment you go on stage, basically you gotta be rehearsed, you gotta be prepared to have something to say on stage. Like that's not only my my personal opinion, but also like a rock dance theater philosophy. It's just like you know, in these days, and not only really way back, kind of when you decide to do um, a show and, and be a physical performer um, as your career, I figure that you really have to know, not only have your chops ready, number one, but have a, a specific kind of background where you're not only educated in your craft, be it guitar playing, be it um, dancer, be it bass player, be it, you know, drummer, um, anything like that. Uh, it's, it's, I guess not a given to go on stage and not many people realize. Do you also notice that? Um, where, you know, not only where you came from, not only where you grew up um, in France, but do you notice that nowadays that somehow people go on stage a little bit too early? Um, in the sense of, you know, <laughs> yeah, like we're, now we're, is the time, let's say, um, to actually name this professionalism. Yeah, I think that's something really learn from especially in Lost Boys you know because we we changed lineup quite a few times all right and you know something we we talked about is that you know at the beginning we really rushed something some things so now we we like it to be really really like smooth so none of us has to think and you can just like enjoy the show and you don't have to worry about things mm. It's quite it's quite a paradox, wouldn't you think? Because actually, the more you play, the more you perform, even to an empty room. And uh, trust me, I, I've performed my own shows, and I'm not a I'm not a musician per se. Like music is a huge part of rock dance theater within the whole physical uh, show, and uh, also you know I use guitars and and basses and and all kinds of percussion. But basically, it is it is ironic that the more you perform to those empty rooms, the more you are surrounded as a as a rehearsal, as, as practice that gets you better and better in front of a bigger crowd than later, the better for you. So what do you think is, is that actual line? You know, you can you can might as well suck completely early on and still be on stage because that's how you learn. What's what's your statement on that? Yeah, but I, I think it's the case in everything, you know, like trial and uh, is it trial by fire, the expression? I don't remember, but you know, you have to make yeah. mistakes to learn. So trial and, uh, trial and error, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, I, I think we've probably all done that. But like, no, especially in Lost Boys, we're at a point where it feels kind of good because we get pretty quick at picking up on things and rehearsing and we start mm. knowing each other really well. Are you all guys um, educated musicians or are you self-taught? Like how does, did the Lost Boys uh, come about? And also, of course, second question, where did the name come from? <laughs> uh, honestly, about the name, you have to ask Max. Max, all coming right. where the name came from. Gotcha. Uh, as we'll far ask as Max about that. Uh, education, the guys are, um, I wouldn't say I'm self-taught because I, I got like some lessons, but you know, I. It was more to get a foundation. So I didn't get like what you would call proper music education. But like that being said, I really try to better myself and learn new things and get more knowledge into it. Mm. Not to like, especially now we're all, I think, in Lost Boys raising each other's game, which is pretty nice. You help each other out. Well, it's a learning curve. Like basically, if you say that you don't have to learn and get better anymore, you might as well die. And, and you know, that's that's that. Um, mm -hmm. Were were you guys? Uh, well, I should actually ask. No, the other way around. I'm going to ask you. Was it was it also one of the tunes of Motley Crue and Alice Cooper you were breaking down for yourself? Because for those of you guys uh, checking in, you might not know this, but me and L1, we actually know each other from uh, one of Alice Cooper's release uh, parties uh, over in Sweden, which we'll talk about a little bit later. It's also a funny story, one of many. But um, yeah, was that also one of these things that you were just teaching yourself how to do yeah. practically and then the it's lessons funny followed? You mentioned it because <laughs> there is that live at Vacan from Alice that you read is like maybe seven years ago and i remember being my, in my room i like a teenager and like breaking down all of roxy's part i knew it i knew it 
so I could play the set like entirely. Nice. Yeah. Well, if that is the album that you really love, it's it's exactly the best philosophy also to learn anything. It's just like I want to nail it, you know. So which one? Which one was the first riff? Do you remember? The very yeah. first lick that you wanted to learn. From Alice, you mean? Um, no, generally even on guitar. Uh, I was really into Metallica when I was young, so it was probably some Metallica stuff that I learned. Right. Um, I couldn't tell you why. I remember trying to learn Hawaiian. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask why. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm, yeah, Orion. I remember trying to learn, and then I realized that it was way out of my league. So. I did, I did you mean the the crazy bands, right? Like all all, all yeah, the way I up. <laughs> I, I remember I played the the open riff. And that was that was one of those. Yeah. Well, the aforementioned Ryan Roxy for all of you viewers that don't know, but probably you might know Ryan Roxy is the world-renowned guitar player of Alice Cooper, among others, because he's also the guitar player for for his own band, Roxy Seventy Seven. Uh, Ryan Roxy solo project, Casablanca, based out of uh, Sweden also, uh, a super cool band that, that I personally very much dig. And also you might know him from latest uh, podcast of the, In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. So uh, we're basically also, you know, in, within this virtual scene community right now where, uh, yeah, we share these virtual stages. <laughs> and actually we have some people like popping in like Federock, hi Federock. Um, is one of the the followers of the Roxy Guitar Army and and also has been you know checking in with our Rock Dance Theater show, which is highly appreciated. Thank you so much, guys. It's it's always cool when you when you join us because I think then for me and everyone is so much more fun than just to hang out because as I said, we are just talking rock today. We are hanging out. We are giving some quality time for our viewers and uh, preferably you know inspiring someone to go out there on stage. Because they figured, hey, I'm gonna be a performer for the rest of my life. Because that's the coolest thing to do. So, that's exactly what we want to do. Yes. So speaking speaking of uh, first riffs, uh, you're not gonna believe which which riff I learned for the very first time when Rock found me. Um, not the other way around. Not that I decided to kind of do these things. <laughs> the theme from The Godfather. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah, it was so funny. I I remember the moment being in my in my room because uh, you know what I think now is the best time to actually mention like why Rock Dance Center was born in Sweden because it was one of these things I was coming back from uh, one awesome rock show at Gronalund I think it was actually Alice Cooper 2016 or 17 my memory is a little bit shady because in home lockdown universe it's it's literally March 127th I, I stopped count um, and yeah, I was I was insomniac as I usually am because that's where creativity hits me in the middle of the night. And I was lying around and I kind of figured before um, previous summer that you know what I, I wanted to kind of modify my uh, my visual image, if you will, and also a profile of my shows. And there was an element that I kind of was lacking um, in that sense. I don't want to say, well, burnout, because I've been really long in the business also ever since I was a kid. Like, you picked up the guitar also very early on. I was doing my own shows from age 11 uh, and before that. So it kind of hit me. Wait, physical theater was always an element that I was doing. I like rock, you know, everything that is guitar driven, you know, is, is super cool and it hits very close to my universe and my taste and not only lifestyle, if you will. Um, so I figured, wait, dance theater, rock, rock dance theater, bang. And I swear to God, I was lying around at Soder Malm at my friend's place on her couch. Uh, shout out to Nina, by the way, if she's watching, maybe. Um, Nina is a chef at, um, I want to say Harry B. James, but that's, that's not the restaurant. Um, I'm hitting a blank. It will come back, guys. You know for sure. It's at Studeplan. I know the name. I do not know where it is. Uh, <sighs> Nina's is gonna like, kill me. Is it a rock pub or? It's not a rock pub. Okay. It's the the franchise of the restaurant is Gordon Ramsay's um, competition. I have no idea. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> for anyone watching, if you if you know exactly what I mean, please hit us up because uh, yeah, I'm hitting a blank. Anyway, not important. So yeah, literally that that moment after the live show, you know, it, it kind of hit me, and then 
I had to read for guitar and that that was more my kind of beginning uh, learning an instrument of any sort live because I didn't have that. Um, you said that uh, music education wasn't really a thing in Clisson. Um, what do do kids learn at school um, or did, let's say, back in the day? Like, I don't know. I, I don't really know the school system in France translates in English, but like, basically... Yeah. <laughs> Okay, like, you sort of have a little bit of music from from when you're like 11 to 14 and then it's over mm -hmm. but, it, but right. it's more like basic stuff like you know you listen to a song and you have to analyze what instruments are in it and and that's mm -hmm. about it and you learn three chords on the guitar and how to play a quarter note on the jambi all right so, well, yeah. Jampe was also a part of, of my life, super short. Like, I was wearing dreadlocks then, I was into reggae, and I was playing a Jampe. You know, mm -hmm. that, that was a weird period, I got to say. Did you play, like, any hand drums um, at school and not only? No, I, as I say, I played choir notes on the Jampe, and that's as far as my... <laughs> that's, only, that's the only I... moment. So you did. Well, that, that should count. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So I'm a jambi player too. Then oh, totally, yeah. yeah. Every everyone is a jambi player, you know. If you mm -hmm. manage to tap something with your spoon or on your cup, you're already a percussionist, you know. It's one of these things. Mm -hmm. um, cheers, by the way, to the Swedish episode, guys. Uh, again, you are joining Rock Dance Theater live stream meetings today. My special guest is Erwan uh, Langline, uh, known also as Stone Sina. Um, tell me where the nickname came from. That's I actually pretty funny. I wasn't like. This is like super weird story. I was in Moldova. Love it. Go for it. Um, doing some work for the summer. So we we're like building a, f a factory or something in a small village to for people to go to work. And we were working with so many different nationalities. And then they, no one could get my name because it's so weird and complicated. So And I always had like a Rolling Stone t-shirt. So they all started calling me Stone. And then I guess it sticked. And that's it. Gotcha. Stones like as the stones. Well, it, it could have any other connotations that we will not talk about, guys, because uh, basically being stoned is, means being on drugs. And uh, basically doing drugs is stupid. I personally have never done it because I don't need to. I'm addicted to my own adrenaline. And hey, I pretty much am as high as a kite because I'm just hyped up with everything that I'm doing pretty much, you know, when I go on stage, when I produce a show, when I'm in rehearsal or just like putting new ideas together that literally anyone that that knows me or is just meeting me, they all think like, you have to be the highest person in the room. And I go, you know what? No, I could tell stories about all of you dancing on tables and not only. <laughs> so that's, that's actually funny. So yeah, that could be that, but Stones, since the Rolling Stone, that's also awesome, guys. Uh, you know, they are legends, and I think many of us have, have actually learned from them and are inspired by them still. And um, funny enough, still Keith Richards and cockroaches are probably going to be the two things that stay on planet Earth after the possible apocalypse. <laughs> Definitely. Let's see how that works out. Um, who was your guitar uh, hero, like, uh, aside of, well, Lick's... Uh, of Ryan Roxy for mentions from Alice Cooper. Um, uh, there is a lot. There were so many. We have time. Yeah. We're not going to go oh. seven hours because people will not stand our faces anymore. But let's okay, hit it one or two. To, I'll try to pick a few. <laughs> when I was really young, it was uh, Kirk Hammett was a big one All right. uh, for me. Like he, I would say he's the one that made me pick the guitar together with Brian May. Then. I'm gonna get all break loose on me, but Tommy Thayer from Kiss, okay, is big, big one because you know there is a Tommy whole is a thing fantastic about... guitar player. Yeah, and you know there is a whole thing about the makeup, but like I grew up with him being the guitar player from Kiss, so he's the one I looked up to. So yeah, Tommy Thayer. Then most recently, it's been like Adam Slack from the Struts. It's probably number right. one for me. And who else? Yeah. Dan Hawkins and DJ Ashby, and we'll stop there, I would say. All right. That's a cool stop, actually. Perfect. Thank you for doing that, because DJ Ashba is, among others, a guitar player from uh, 6AM, mm -hmm. Nikki Six's band, um, of course, founder and bass player of Motley Crue. Uh, for all of you guys that don't know, this is 
small rock history 101 also uh you know what I, i'm an educator i'm a teacher also so somehow it's funny it always comes through it's like guys you know what and then you know people learn but um yeah you you mentioned uh among others in in weird inspirations when i was hooking up this episode and i always do uh this rock dance theater small description about myself and also my special guest coming on on the podcast um and you mentioned 6 a.m as a weird inspiration why i don't know it's the kind of band that like it's not really the style i play but i don't know there's something about their their <laughs> art like yet you like it no, no, but I, I always, it's always been like in one of my favorite band ever. And it's like, I don't know the lyrics and I love that they, they like talk about such subjects that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily talk about. Like they are pretty, you know, hard subjects. Yeah. And, and it flows so well. And like, I don't know, the, the, just how they put stuff together. Like Ashba's weird guitar with James's voice and, well, and Nikio, of course, but like, I don't know. It's like such a weird band, you know, but it's just, I think they're quite unique in what they do. Mm. You know, I, I totally understand you because I also love the band personally. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the first songs that I heard, because I'm I'm a slow learner on, on, this, uh, on the level of titles and names and album. It's just my memory is a complete crap on that. I do know tunes, I remember stories, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's just weird somehow. So I think the first song that I actually fell in love with immediately was uh, If I Die Tomorrow and also the music video. Oh my God, I was so hooked. And not only for, um, wait, that's a Motley Crue song. Tomorrow is Motley Crue, I think. That's Motley Crue. Yeah. Okay, now I know. Now it, it's coming all back to me. See, Rock Dance Theater unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> reality TV. I know why, because the, the moment that I discovered that song actually led me to um, 6 a.m., the band that I did not know Nikki founded. And then, you know, I went down down the rabbit hole, down the history, if you will. And then, of course, heroin diaries and, and all of that stuff. And since you mentioned it was a weird inspiration for me, it's not only about the complexity of the band and the topics that they speak about in their lyrics and, and also with, with this whole kind of mission of you know being clean, but also his drug addiction that he speaks about so openly. I think that's also one of the coolest things that he actually flipped uh, with in the sense of number one, surviving it, but also really helping people out right now, everyone in the industry that do have a problem with that hey he's on the on the first page for that you know and uh, i think it, it's super important work that he does on that level did he uh, did you read the book also that that he put yeah, out yeah yeah, yeah no, like you know he's a lot into addiction like you know james is talking a lot about that kind of stuff and you know like depression and things like that and singing about it which i think is is really cool he he writes such great lyrics to it too it's like the way they say it is just super cool i think yeah well you know what i think the the best way to put anything out of it is honesty it's like mm -hmm. i don't know about you but i have a personal radar for bullshit. it's like mm -hmm. anyone that tries to do that on stage number one if they are a performer and they they go out it's like you cannot really name it but something feels off something feels mm -hmm. weird and you know it you notice then immediately that that somehow it's not entirely mm put out there in an honest way. That That's at least how how I have that. Yeah, no, definitely. But that, that, that's why I like the honesty and it, it's, they can say really harsh stuff in such a beautiful way. Like, yeah. I don't know how they put things together. It's, it's really cool, I think. They do find the pretty and the ugly. Um, yeah, yeah, to say I the like least. That. And I think they really embrace that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Speaking of pretty ugly, um, you're one of these i don't want to say hidden treasures of sweden because like i ever since we met actually i did kind of we did, did we did kind of and not stay in touch on social media because i've been in sweden like all the time back and forth and since you're in Uppsala, not in stockholm necessarily and stockholm is mostly where i operate um mm -hmm. be it shows teaching rehearsal music videos whatever but um you are a kind of mystical and dark character in the rock world i would say it, it might be only my vibe but um where did that come about is that a, a sp specific aesthetic also that that you try to 
um, bring with both of your bands? Um, Dark, how do you mean? Like, that's just a feeling, you know, in the sense of, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that without any, any explanation. um, (laughs) I don't know. Like, if you mean dark, like unknown or. Well, categories, yeah, dark, unknown, slash mystical, something, you know, to it that makes you, that makes you interested in the show, that makes you interested in playing and, you know, with what, what you guys do as performers, as, as. I don't know. I think it's just we're we're just playing for the love of it, and we just don't try to overthink it so much or anything. And I'm pretty reserved, sort of, I guess. And it's pretty raw because what you guys put out there, it's it's pretty straightforward, raw rock and roll, right? Guitar-driven rock and roll without any kind of filtering, if you will. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, again, like lyrics, like, you know, lyrics is probably my favorite part of writing a song. This is the thing I enjoy the most and always have. And I've never really been into the, like, you know, what what you talk, you know, plastic lyrics or something like that. So we try to, to keep it. I would not know what that is, but I guess it, it does exist, uh, unfortunately. No, you know, like, I don't know, type of taking a limo to the show and get wasted type of lyric. I don't think it, like, I mean, it doesn't really move me. So we try to keep it real yeah. and organic well, mu- music wise and lyric wise, I guess. It's not supposed to, to, you know, give a huge message. Obviously yeah. it's just like for the fun of it and like really as ridiculous as you can get. It's exactly that. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. But yeah. Cause you... Go ahead. No, like, so yeah, we, we try to, to keep it real i guess like music wise and 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 lyric wise and just be ourselves Mm. that's awesome well that that's one of the most important things is to actually find your own expression language and like your not only image i don't want to use the the word image because yeah that's not that's not actually the thing but somehow finding yourself within this creation as you say not only songwriting then that turns into the actual song, the actual set list of a live show, and you know the recording process when you when you put out an album. And so, um, actually, we were we were talking a little bit um, in the green room before we went on. You were you were telling me, speaking of reality, all of a sudden, guys, um, you were supposed to uh, go out to record um, with your band just yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And got it got postponed, obviously. Like Tell us a little bit what what's what's happening with that. What did you guys plan? Like anything that is official that we can you know plug already um, and not well, top secret. Well, the thing is that the album's written, so we're supposed to like record it now. All right. And then start promoting it towards the summer, and hopefully gig as much as possible at the end of the year. So we'll see how this goes. But yeah, it got postponed. So now. I think the earliest we can record is probably July or August, probably August. So we we need to, to rethink everything, I think. Yeah. Well, it's funny because all of us, I think right now, we're literally in, in a very similar boat or, or ship um, in, in sense of replanning and rescheduling anything that we pretty much planned. It, it's funny, somehow someone mentioned, I can't remember who it was, but also someone that is, is hosting these these podcast live streams recently. And it's just like having your whole calendar, your whole 2020 plan ready almost. And, you know, someone or God or depending what you believe in shows the finger and it's like, fuck your plans. This is what you're going to do today. Like <laughs> you're going to be yeah. a podcaster. You're going to be a, a Sid Holman, you know, musician and basically sending in files. Do you guys share files? Basically, I don't know, you track your vocals or you track your guitars and you send it over to, to the last your bandmates or how do you guys work it out actually? Like when it's about demo work. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that we, we try to keep it once a week rehearsing and stuff like that. So, like we we usually work on when we see each other but yeah for demo we send to each other but not for the album we're supposed to all go to the studio right well i think there's nothing better than just being around with people especially in a creative process it's like Mm -hmm. i could not imagine to put a show together although 
in the sense of early beginnings, let's say, I don't know how, how you guys prep a show the moment you kind of have something booked and, and then you really go to rock it. But this, this kind of surrounding where I'm literally in my living room or somewhere hanging out even at a park or I don't know, a, a hard right cafe, which I love, that is actually one of my personal offices because I always order nachos. I order like, like a triple black coffee and that's where I sit down and write concepts for, for shows. This is not much different on a very early stage. Of course, then later, yeah, you need a huge space, in, in my case, to stage everything and, you know, have props and costumes and, you know, the styling and stuff. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty much not, not much different. Um, but yeah, I would imagine that if, if your rehearsing process is pushed back right now and, you know, tracking an actual studio is the best thing and feel to actually then create music with, uh, that is, well, real music in the sense of, you know, not really send in, mm -hmm. um, phoned in, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are uh, you guys, uh, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was going to ask, are you guys uh, putting out a full album or is that an EP? No, it's it's a full album. Sweet. Uh, We're going to um, look forward to that. Yeah, like us too, in all honesty, because it's been such a, <laughs> it's been a hell of a Obviously. ride since we started that thing. I know, right? And we're yeah, now finally, we, I think we're really stable right now in the, with each other and, you know, who we, that lineup and everyone brings different idea and i think we we complete each other pretty well actually because we all have our different tastes and yeah i think it's gonna be a good album that sounds cool yeah, we're going to look forward to that. Of course, we're going to do all kinds of shout outs about what's happening uh, with, with all of your music and also shows and not only. Um, hell, maybe we're going to do a, a live stream together. You know, you never know. Like you, you guys just plug in and we try to coordinate. Well, the latency has been a huge problem in sense of jamming. Like funny enough, mm -hmm. actually a, a day and a week ago, I hosted my very first event that was supposed to be on stage i was i was going to do this big dance me rock me jam session that was bringing together all kinds of artists from the from the rock scene from the physical performance world some photographers were were jumping in for for flashings and i swear to god it for the very first time in 33 years which i'm gonna have my 30th third birthday this year i had to stage a show online like you know figuring out not stage setup or lighting or how the floor is you know stuff like that but just stressing out about clicking buttons and letting in guests in and you know hooking up the comments so it was funny it was a funny experience and uh, I, I think nonetheless we had fun with it so yeah. um speaking of reality uh Elwan, how are you basically dealing without using the forbidden words of course which we do not use over here on our rock dance theater live stream how are you taking these uh these weird times that that we are in right now um in the new reality the new the new normal if you will like i don't know it's it's like of course it's a bit of change but sweden is pretty pretty relaxed like they haven't put any quarantine or anything so like you know it's we're still like allowed to leave like the only bummer is that we have no gigs or anything like that but you know we we take the time yeah. to to work on stuff and like try to learn new skills try to to perfect the one we we already are working on we already have yeah so are you perfecting um, not only playing on your favorite es335s or did you take on a new hobby or a skill uh, well, I'm a lot into graphic design, so I've been doing a lot of courses on that. I've, I'm taking a lot of singing lessons right now. Okay. Like I'm going to have to sing, so it's like... <laughs> I, my, I, my I might day. as well take a class or two, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, but like, it, it's really good. Like, honestly, it's, it's so much fun. It's really hard, but it's so much fun. And like, you know, my whole day is basically, basically about singing and, and then playing guitar and then do some graphic design so I can get some money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's it's hilarious because the, these these times, the last two months, it's going on month three right now um, of the new reality for me. And I got to say, I've been working busiest uh, and, and working as intense as possible with, with so little pay or no pay mm -hmm. uh, for that matter. Because funny enough, right before um, this whole thing broke out, uh, I was actually lucky enough 
to teach a small tour uh, with, with workshops around Europe. I've hit Krakow. I've actually been to Paris two days at uh, Saint des Arts Vivants, uh, one of the very cool and favorite studios to teach like ever. Mm -hmm. And not only because of their, well, artistic program, kind of an artistic direction, but what's most beautiful about that is one of their studio that is in the very center, it's uh, at Bastille, the location, mm -hmm. uh, for those of you guys that don't know Paris, um, the biggest studio that they have, have has actually an opening of the ceiling and you can see the freaking sky when you teach. So the moment you lift up your, your head, it's so cool. Like you see the sun, you see the sky, and I, I usually black out that. It's just like, you know, I daydream for a couple of seconds and then I'm back. So it's it's so much fun. So before that that whole thing uh, hit, I literally almost was stuck in, in France um, for that time because it was 10 of, 10 of March. Now it's in history. Now it's in the books. Uh, and yeah, the day after, literally, they shut down the borders and, you know, ban on travel and all of that. So... Where, where where were you? What were you kind of um, caught on at the moment when that whole thing exploded? Oh, that was horrible. I was like, I was so stressed back then. Like me and my girlfriend were like, okay, like, like you know, we love Alice Cooper. We love Cheap Trick. Mm. And it was like Alice and Tommy playing with Robin Zander in a full orchestra in Germany. So yeah, 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 yeah. Rock meets classic tour, yeah. by the way. I was, I was also, also supposed to be there. I was supposed okay. to be in Berlin. And then... I don't remember why, but I kind of either my flight was canceled already, or I figured that uh oh, we're in trouble over here. And yeah, exactly yeah, as you say. So yeah, we're we're really upset because our like everything got canceled like three days before. Like oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, and this well, is not gonna be rescheduled, guys. Ah, I, I was I was yes. really sure about that one. Uh, everything is going to be rescheduled, guys. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to all come back from this and bounce back. And the best thing, I think, is is actually a lot of cool projects is going to happen out of it. Like, I figured, you know what, this might even be a virtual stage, but I started doing this video vault thing that I actually have plenty of recordings of old shows and backstages or just, like, kind of hanging around and, you know, having all of these memories captured that, that were never um, actually you know, premiered or featured in any kind of way. So I figured, why not do that? So I'm going to probably do a series of that. This podcast, most definitely the live stream meetings on Rock Dance Theater, I would like to keep because I think it's a cool hangout platform and also a way to to really capture stories, you know, and, and that history. It's like when I hear you say, for example, that you were walking around just like in forests over in Clisson, which was the, the very grounds of Hellfest, you know, it's for me that that's rock history. That's so cool, you know. Yeah, like it was definitely some of my favorite time. The, those those summer, just walking and and go and see Moth Crew and Kiss and uh, Alice Cooper and stuff like that. It was yeah, great. good good old times. And now we have great new times. Speaking of, so you know, everyone is doing their live form of any sort do you actually plan on doing any any live stream gigs um with your band since you know um, temporarily unavailable <laughs> in real life know, we talked about it because we might have one we just haven't got a death date all right so That's pretty i mean cool. i'm rehearsing it every day we'll see if it happens or not but if it doesn't i got some practice sure absolutely Guys, by the way, if, if you're watching this, of course, click subscribe, not only to uh, Ewan Langline social media. By the way, um, of course, the, all of the hashtags we will throw out uh, within the rebroadcast re also, and we're gonna do a little bit of post-production on the stuff that is happening that is cool, not only on um, Sparkle Kick, that's band number one. By the way, which, which band happened first? Uh, Last Boys of Eden or Sparkle Kick? Last Buzz of Eden came from a band called Blackout Express. That was around like a few years ago. I think that one came first. But I, I was just like my friend Chris Young that has that has a, a band <laughs> called Midnight Danger. He like he was kind of on and off from that bird from that band. So I used right. to like feeling for him. And in the meantime, I started the whole Sparkle Kick thing. But now we haven't done anything for a while because Lost Boys has been so so demanding right well it's hard to kind of shuffle and juggle two bands right two different projects but then again you know 
kind of similar, of course, you know, for playing guitar, for, for stuff like that. But uh, do you find it hard sometimes switching from project to project? Yeah, definitely. It's like I'm, I'm helping a friend write too, and I have the graphic design thing too. So it's like, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm saying my girlfriend, I'm so good at saying yes to everything. And I'm <laughs> so stressed. That's the best philosophy, you know. I, I actually embraced that a while ago. And to be honest, it's like, what's the worst that might happen? It might not work out or it might suck mm. or, you know, things fall through somehow. But uh, that that's exactly how it takes you to places where you would not realize even, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, Lost Boys, it was like at the beginning when format to take like the train for like five hours. So I was kind of <laughs> like... Yeah, I'll give this a shot, but I don't know. But I'm glad I did because this is really fun. Where did you have to travel to? From Uppsala over to... Hernesand. Uh... Okay. Which is, I don't know. I was like, ah, oh, this is far north. They were like... <laughs> you just take the SEO to whichever direction and then you, yeah, you yeah. arrive in the rehearsal studio. <laughs> yeah. But well, you know what? I think... No, now we're relocated that like more down here, which is more manageable. So, yeah. Well, I think it, it only is best proof that if you're really passionate and determined about something, it's like, hey, you know, you put in the hours. I remember my first years, like in Austria, when I was 18, 19, that was actually my move out time when I, you know, um, figured, okay, final exams, stuff like that. You know, I got all kinds of certificates also for being a. Uh, a dance teacher and a dance instructor and hell first classes also that I was teaching were literally um, two and a half hours from from Vienna mm -hmm. Sankt Puttelsdorf something like that and the train literally ran out of tracks you would go off simple street one coffee shop mine that's it and, and the studio there was nothing there so uh but it was fun you know like no regrets there and uh it's always yeah. one of these things that okay if, if it's for a week or a two and it's a hassle, of course. Okay, it brings you somewhere, but then maybe you never know what comes out of it. So exactly as you as you say. Uh, so what do you say yes to these days? Yes, <laughs> yes okay, I'm staying at home today. The I will last, not go out too much. <laughs> the last stupidest thing I said yes to was my friend. That's doing this, like, he's in France. He's like a high school friend. And he's doing that like a rap album called the Corona Session. And he was like, can you play so? I was like, yeah, oh, sure. You, was did like, you just use the C word? No, it's a one are, word. Are, are they the actual like Corona? Well, Corona beer has the name in it. So like that's not a trademark or I mean, it was session after. So let's just make it one long word. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yes to that. And then I opened the thing. I was like, what? why did I even do that? <laughs> was it good or... Did it suck? Nah, it's for fun, so it was... Okay, it was a different category. Well, yeah. see, there you go. Uh. So yeah. Well, a that... big yes is also what, what I know, what our viewers might not know, guys. Uh, by the way, whoever is tuning in just now, we are at Rock Dance Theater Live Stream Unit with Erwan Langline today with me. And uh, Erwan, you are a pig pig. Explain, yeah. I am myself as well, but explain mm -hmm. what does that mean? For those of you guys, listeners and viewers that do not know. Yeah, I don't know. I've been obsessed with guitar picks since I was like 10, I think. Like, I remember my dad has that added like rainbow see-through pick. And then I was like just taking them and mm. keeping them. And yeah, no, I like picks still. So, you yeah. are a huge owner of a collection of or or mm -hmm. former owner like should we name that because you 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 said that you kind of tore down your expo um <laughs> and and proper you know visual representation of all of the pics separately and um, then now they're kind of lying around differently um uh, than before <laughs> yeah i know like it's funny because my girlfriend was too so when we met we we're like this is gonna work she like speaks too but um <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we used to put them on display kind of nice. And then every time the band is here, they always walk in the thing. So always <laughs> we're like, okay. And <laughs> then like one is misplaced or like five are misplaced somehow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's... They weirdly disappear. Mm -mm. So yeah, no, they're all, no, they're actually here. They're all in the jar. Ah, the goody jar. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love picks as well. You know, it's one of these things. You either just find them or like someone gives it to you. 
mm-hmm. the show or like however i remember it's, it's funny because actually tommy henriksen is is so great with aiming and like i i've seen multiple shows like where we're, we we love to hang out together and like we know each other personally and he's such a mm-hmm. sweetheart i so suck at at catching i hardly ever catch a pick unless i am being handed one and it has nothing to do with being a girl actually funny enough when i was i was doing sports i was playing soccer with boys actually and i was great also at at, at short um uh, short distance running uh i was actually like winning champions when i was you know championships when i was seven or eight and so i was doing a lot with with playing balls, sports, if you will, however that weird may sound. But I was always stressed out about this this catching element and then catch and run kind of thing. It was like, ah, it was screwing me up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a professional dancer and a professional performer, so my coordination should be great, but somehow, yeah, it never worked. So That's how are hard. you with how are you with catching picks? <laughs> I'm sure you're better <laughs> than me. I bet. Like honestly, I would say more than half we got, we got given in hand. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's hilarious. Each time I remember, it's just like, oh, yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, we we got a couple of great moments, you know, but we we we're not super good at it. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's one of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like many people are are collectors and hoarders. Like, do you remember collecting anything when you were really a small kid over at Clisson? I can tell you what I did oh, when yeah. I was over in California in my first mm-hmm. early years. Yeah, I have like the hugest star wars collection ever from when oh I no way it's so big it's like i don't care i could probably go to the states for two weeks on vacation if i sold that did our ratings just jump up just because you said star wars <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i used to be so nerdy about that it's like i used to buy like everything it was, it was cool you know what you're not gonna believe i have not seen ladies and gentlemen this is official i have never seen star wars an episode in my life ah come on you gotta catch up i know it's on my list you know it's one of these things three new ones because they're not worth (laughs) that much but one to six is good but you know what i i know the whole pop culture you know like Mm. go with the force you know the the beam up sword and you know chewbacca and whatever princess leia which i probably resemble with these headphones today but uh yeah i'm familiar with all that and you know also on top of that i have been raised in california san diego so it's like it's been around and literally i've been around universal studios seeing all of those props and stuff you know visiting with parents so um i should know right but hey don't discriminate i do other things in my uh, home lockdown so i'm busy (laughs) go watch star wars since you say it right now, you know what? I probably will. Come on. Now it's official. I got to <laughs> So, you know what? Like, I think slowly, slowly wrapping up. But I think mm-hmm. we should um, answer a question that is actually best for last. One of the best for last. Where did the love for the ES35 come from? Um, it's Out of so it, many awesome guitars out there. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember my sister when i was a kid uh she gave me like that model ef335 like miniature and i remember i was so pissed off because it was not pointy and they wouldn't play that in sleep mode and all of that thing <laughs> gotcha and then a few years back i remember it was one of my first salary i wanted to buy like a white flying v just because roxy had one of course and Shout out to Ryan Roxy. Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what? I shared the love because Ryan is actually my first guitar teacher ever, like a real one. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. And basically that guitar, I remember when I got paid, it got sold and I was so pissed off. So I just bought uh, a 335 because I guess I liked him and I liked Dragon and things. And also they're really symmetrical, which I really like. Yeah. That's an awesome guitar. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. The, then I got I got an Epiphone one, and then my absolute dream is to get like a white Gibson from from the eighties. I know that. I, I've been yeah. seeing that on social media, like that you were actually was that a shop in London actually that you guys yeah. visited, and the you guy, were like the window literally for that guitar no, because it was was so nice because i was like can i pay like i don't know like a year or something it was like yeah, a down payment 
it was insane and it was like yeah maybe and i just took it and like i don't know i guess i like overplayed overplayed it maybe so you was like yeah no so they you did not let me find a way to buy it ah, one day. bastard one day one yeah, day it's, it's okay yeah a black one that we all me. have dreams you know what it's gonna happen one day um yeah, there... with mine. yeah. by the way because we we did have two images for the promo of the episode and on mm -hmm. purpose because one promo does go out as a poster on on the official rock dance theater facebook page but the other one is also um a cover and a screenshot for the YouTube channel episode. And mm -hmm. uh, on both photos, uh, of course, uh, concert photos, you are with an ES335, but a black one. Are those two different guitars or is that the, uh, I want to say black beauty, but the one that, that is your go-to? It's the same guitar. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it's really beaten up, but it's, no, it's the same guitar. I'm really picky with gear. <laughs> uh, I wanted one with dots inlay and classic 57 pickups. And I would not take anything else. And yeah, All so right. I, I managed to find one from a collector, which was pretty cool because it was basically unplayed. Nice. Well, you know what? This is dangerous territory, ladies and gentlemen, because guys, we we've... We've went a little bit over an hour already, and we usually try to kind of time this properly. But for sure, this gear talk should be taken to an episode two, don't you think? It's like, because I can yeah, talk for sure. hours and ages also. And uh, hell, oh, I'm yeah. a girl and I can talk gear because I just love it. That's fine. Gear <laughs> is universal. I it's... think we should leave, leave a little bit, uh, you know, of, of a doubt mm -hmm. for our audience, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, you know what, Erod? Th this has been so much fun. Merci beaucoup. Uh, yeah, it, as we say in Sweden, right? Um, yeah. Hopefully, we will see each other very soon. You know. Yeah. 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 Okay. But that was really fun. Thanks for having me. Okay. We did, we did have a little bit of gear delay, but I think it's only also internet that has proved that, guys, you should shut up right now and just, like, <laughs> have dinner or whatever. <laughs> Here. No, but thank you so much uh, for uh, joining the show today. And uh, yeah, this has been fun. Hell, so many stories and so many topics we could talk about like for hours for sure. But uh, I think we will be back with these at some point yeah. in time. Yeah, sure. All right. So basically, uh, Stone, if uh, people want to follow you, um... <laughs> it was fun, right? Uh, what what is your shout out in terms of social media? Where should people hit you up when they want to discover all of the good stuff on on your end? Um, I guess Lost Boys of Eden is uh, the the one where stuff is happening the most. So we're pro we're probably gonna because we're getting to rear. I just wanted to. We're we're probably um, gonna gonna post more on Lost Boys now and uh, yeah Sparkle Geek we have some stuff in, in the can too but like Lost Boys has taken so much time that's I don't know when this will come out but eventually it will come out eventually well something to look forward to absolutely mm -hmm. so guys um absolutely hit Stosina up that well your actual handle is Stosina on Instagram and mm -hmm. also all of the official social media especially Facebook as you as you said um Lost Boys of Eden and Sparkle Kick if you want to be re reminded just look at my jacket I had to dress accordingly and uh, I think it's it all worked out pretty well and also internet did not die on us which I'm very glad about <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. I want your jacket. So cool. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much, Sina. I'm going to kick you off to the green room just to wrap this th whole thing up. And sure. yeah, until next time. Mm, awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Alrighty, guys. So yeah. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Son, today for uh, checking in with us and hanging for for our, well, Swedish Fika, or whatever you want to call it, Rock Dance Theater live stream meetings. Uh, guys, there will be a lot of exciting news coming up. Not only this episode is going to 
restream and rebroadcast on uh, New York time within a day and a half, probably depending on the tempo of the post-production, uh, which, uh, well, my fantastic team uh, is doing, uh, well, I'm doing it by myself. So however long it's gonna take me, you guys just gotta wait it out. But please also check out uh, the video vintage vault of the Rock Dance Theater live streams. And also uh, the vintage vault uh, consists of uh, Teat Compania Himovic, my previous works before Rock Dance Theater. And that's everything that happened before 2016. So that's a little bit of, of stuff. And hopefully you guys dig that and just let me know what you think hit the subscribe buttons, hit the comments, and thank you so much for tuning in today. And until further notice, guys, I have been your humble host, Anna Himovic, Rock Dance Theater, signing off. See you later.